You're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for Friday, May the 1st. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the latest COVID-19 news. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So, are you staying sane out there? Oh, you know, it's kind of, it's Groundhog Day, you know. Every day's kind of one line, like it's Friday, but so what? Tomorrow's Saturday, they're all the same. Just doing pretty much the same thing, you know, working and taking a walk and cooking dinner and doing it again. I, I, I went out into public for the first time in a way that I had to be around people. I went to Lowe's. I had to get some some essentials. And it was it was kind of scary out there. I, it was my first time in a public space and uh, lots of folks not wearing masks. Lots of old no, folks t- not wearing Tommy masks. Tommy Farrell said he went to uh, Home Depot to get some glue. That's his business, you know, was building stuff. And he said it was cram with people, just cram. And then most of them not wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, despite that, we're opening, opening things up. So this week was uh, highlighted by a series of announcements from the governor on um, what and how uh, specific businesses that had been shuttered by the state will, will, be, will be able to open. You know, it, it's really been kind of a reading on the, the priorities of the Arkansas public, I think. First, we began with restaurants. People got to be able to go eat out. And then gyms, of all things, were number two on the priority list. And I'm sorry, that's creepy sounding about the gyms. I ain't going to go to a gym anytime soon. And then today, uh, salons, barbershops, nail salons, cosmetologists, tattoo parlors, massage parlors, all, all of them will open May 6th, which is Wednesday of next week. And so we got that out of the way. Finally, apparently, According to a source of mine, the dentists have raised enough hell. They're saying you're opening gyms and I can't clean teeth. Although there there are some issues on teeth cleaning, clearly. Uh, and so they did announce today as well that they're going to point toward a May 18th resumption of dental practice, at least in some limited fashion. And, and you know, and then, I mean, the real numb nuts, the Arkansas Senate just sent out a letter led by Bob Ballinger, which is all you really need to know about the signatories saying, we praise the governor for returning us back to work. It's safe. Everybody's ready to go back to work. And I, and I think really what's happened here, and it's not just in Arkansas, it's everywhere. Various people to varying degrees took seriously the need to socially distance, think there's a real threat, think it hadn't gone yet, and are willing to do this sacrifice in the, in the interest of their own safety and the greater good. But people are getting tired out by it. And they're worn out and kind of saying enough is enough. And by God, I'm going to get my hair cut and I'm going to get my nails done. And I'm going to go to the grocery store. And what could happen? What could possibly go wrong? Well, Anthony Fauci says a lot could go wrong. And it may be that Arkansas is an outlier. There, there's some things we don't know. I mean, it's, it's the old, we don't know what we don't know thing. Maybe Arkansas really is insulated from the worst of the, virus possibility maybe it is passing and we're safe to have some more cases and resume doing these things but i in this of uh, the flaming liberal me as a conservative i just think you're safer if you're safer you know but 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 that's just i mean the pressure has just been immense the pressure 
has always been from Ace's point of view to get people back to work because he wants the tax dollars to flow. And business people want their profits to continue and they want their meat plants to run and, and all that sort of thing. And and sure, it's better when everybody's working. I mean, that's that's not wrong. I, I, I don't wish economic deprivation on people, but but it's easier for me. I mean, I've, I've got a retirement income and, and Social Security, and so I'm okay. I mean, I, I don't suffer that same economic pressure, I'd be the first to admit. Well, you mentioned uh, that you're not going to return to the gym, and um you know, that that's the one thing about all this is the governor can announce that certain restrictions have been limited, but that that doesn't compel people to start going again to restaurants and hair salons and and gyms, uh, you know, especially with restaurants. It's a 33 percent occupancy is the limit now. Tables have to be spaced. Uh, you know, there are a lot of restaurants that have completely overhauled their business and this is probably specifically in, in the more urban areas, Little Rock and Northwest Arkansas, um, have overhauled their business and, and made it work. It's going to be hard for them to, to shift into it. We heard some social media chat, chatter from some uh, prominent restaurateurs saying, you know, if, if we don't know what phase two is going to look like and when it's coming, it doesn't make any sense for us to open in phase one and, you know, not make right. money in this. And, and I talked to a lobbyist in that industry today, and he said a lot of the big operators are not happy with the 33% limit. They say they can't make money at that level, that they got to have a bigger volume than that. And then you have other operators who say, I don't think it's safe to open under any conditions anyway. Cappy Peck was one of those. And so I don't want to do it. I think there's some small people that are living on the margins that, they'll take whatever they can get and they're going to try and open. And I, I understand there's some unhappiness in the industry. There are different opinions on it. Yeah. I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I still think, you know, in this notion, well, we're making people wear a mask to enter a restaurant, but then they can take it off when they order. And of course they have to, when they eat, I mean, what, what kind of protection is that? I mean, you're aerosoling your spit when you're eating and it's not, it doesn't stop at the bounds of your table. It circulates in the restaurant. I mean, excuse me for being crude, but that's just how it works. Yeah. Now there's a, a famous uh, case study from China that, that you've, you've put out there, Cappy Pack shared that shows how somebody in one table spread it all across the restaurant because of the positioning of air conditioner units. Right. I think outside, I mean, I think maybe, you know, the same rules are going to apply on outdoor dining. I think if you go, I think places that have outdoors probably are good places to go. But there's still an awful lot of pretty close contact with your servers. You know, they're not going to be pitching the plates across the room. And I, I don't know. I, it, you know, it's uh, but it's hard. And, and, and you know, I, I had a I went back and forth with an owner of a, a restaurant in Little Rock today, a good guy. And. And he, as he put it, he said, you know, I'm overweight. I got type two diabetes and I got a heart problem, but he said, I'm just, I'm just ready to live, you know? And he said, say something nice about the restaurants. Cause there's some of them that do want to open and they're going to try their best. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I feel his pain, you know, I, I I'm, and, and, and I don't, we're not going to know until it's too late who was right and who was wrong. You know, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. So the other uh, 
big happening this week was the botched rollout of the state's Ready for Business grant program. Well, I think it's pretty close to a scandal. The Democratic Party has called for an inspector general's investigation and the attorney general investigating. <laughs> they can go, you know what, up a rope before any Republican person is going to investigate the governor over this. But at a minimum, it was incompetently handled. Uh, they decided, a small group of people decided they're going to take some of this billion dollars in federal money the state has gotten and put some of it into a fund to give to businesses who are reopening it. You know, it's been, it was kind of described as help for restaurants. That is to buy face masks and gloves so you can be safe when you reopen your restaurant. But it also turns out some of this money is going to go to people who never shut down. It's going to go to manufacturers who, for example, say they had to reconfigure their production lines to distance them. And they were going to get some money. And they were going to get half the $15 million that was set aside, up to, up to 100000 And it turned out today, this is something the governor has not emphasized in talking about the number of small business applications, 94 applications put in for $9.5 million of the money in the 30 minutes in which money was made available. Here was the deal. The governor announced his fund was going to be created. And in somewhat fairness, Mike Preston said, well, we hope to have the website up later this afternoon. Well, it turns out, and, and I learned this first from a Republican state representative, this isn't a Democratic attack thing, that website wasn't supposed to go live until Thursday the next day. And there was supposed to be advance notice. And so everybody would at least have a fair shot at applying. Well, that didn't how it worked, first of all. And Mike Preston basically lied today. He said nobody got advance notice. And then out of his same mouth, a few seconds later, came his admission that, well, he did have a phone call two hours before the website went up with 100 economic development officials around the state. Read that Chambers of Commerce and the usual corporate lobbyist suspects. And they got the word out to their people. And as a result, they got 2,000 applications in 30 minutes and the money was gone. Now, and I've had several lobbyists get mad at me and say, oh, well, you know, I, I watch the news conference every day and I told my people what, you know, what's the problem? Just because, well, you know, a lot of people don't have a lobbyist working for them. A lot of people are working at 1.30 in the afternoon and not watching the governor's news conference. The simple fact of the matter is, is that there wasn't a fair process. People who had access to information and those tend to not be poor people and people of color didn't have the information. And so they were shut out of the process. And, and a lot of a lot of people have raised Kane about this. Jonathan Dismang, another solid Republican senator, thinks the process hadn't been handled very smartly. The Senate in general, I think, is is critical. And this is sort of the beginning of, I think, of a new normal Arkansas. The Senate is not so much ready to just take what Asa crams down them anymore. And that became clear in the last two days. So in any event, because there was such an outcry, the governor Thursday at his news conference, he had said, yes, he admitted that the website went up a day early, but he didn't really admit that it was unfair in any sort of way. But what they did is they had a hurry up deal to have a special meeting this morning to spend another $85 million for a total of a hundred million in this grant program. And they thought, well, that'll just surely that'll make everybody happy. And they also added in that 75% of the money had to go to small businesses. That still left 25 million which is another $17.5 million for big fat businesses to get it up to 100000 each, uh, but also said that 15, some, some percentage, maybe 15% had to go to women and minority businesses. 
also seem to indicate that we're not really going to do this on a first-come, first-served basis, although that was clearly what they originally said, that everybody's going to be in the pool and everybody's going to try and spread the money out to as many people as possible. There'll be audits and all that sort of thing. But still, Will Bond, who's a Democrat, and Missy Urban, who's a Republican, went into this committee today that's nominally ACE's advisory steering committee on this money, but people he employs control the majority of votes, so it was going to vote for his deal no matter what. But but Missy Urban said there needed to be fairness, accountability, and transparency, this suggestion clearly being that it not occurred. She said this money went out to $15 without any notice to her. For example, she said there ought to be an announced application period, say announced today, it's going to be Monday and Tuesday of next week, and that it's open during that period and that everybody's considered in the same batch, not based on when it's time stamped. This is some pretty common sense suggestions, by the way. And they both said that there was a sense of the Senate that maybe they ought to just put in $35 million more for a total of $50 million, see what the response was in the two-day period. If there was a bunch more response beyond $50 million, well, they can meet quickly and approve the money. I, I'm still sitting here this afternoon waiting to see if the emergency committee that makes decisions on this funding has done the full $100 million that they went ahead and approved or something else. There, it's a four-member committee. Two are from the House. Two are from the Senate. But one of the Senate members is the co-chair of the Legislative Council, and that happens to be Cecile Bledsoe, who's a Asa Hutchinson supporter, and her son works for, is on the committee, Greg Bledsoe, who was voted for the $100 million. So uh, I'm, I'm not thinking necessarily the Senate will, will buck up on this. But, but the interesting thing is, it looks like there's going to be more money. There's been a clear admission they screwed this up in 15 different ways. But Will Bond made a really good point. He said, you know, and, and Missy Irwin made the same point and said, we're just spending this money in a reactionary fashion. We're not, we don't have an overall plan for spending this federal aid. And we've got hospitals that have money shortages to come. We've got to reopen schools next fall. We don't know what that's going to take. And just to throw money around like there's no tomorrow is just, you know, it's just not smart. And, and, and listen, we still don't have in place the unemployment program for independent contractors. Even Mississippi has one, but uh, we don't. Uh, we've, uh, we've messed up any number of other programs in, in, in several different ways. And, and I, you know, we still don't have testing off the ground at a rate that we ought to have it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of bloom off the rose. I was, you know, they had a demonstration at the governor's mansion today, uh, calling on him to, uh, give eviction relief for people who've lost their jobs, uh, because of the virus. And he was really kind of put out that he got asked about it today because he keeps getting asked this question. He keeps making clear he's not going to give anybody any eviction relief. And he once again, used this crazy excuse he's used saying, well, there are nonprofits out there that have aid for people like you. Yeah, but that ain't government. That's not a systematic, fair, and comprehensive approach to dealing with people in that situation. And he also revealed where his true sympathies lies. He said, you know, landlords have a lot of good reasons for big people that we just may not know, and it's just not government's place to get into this. And I thought, yeah. And they also said people who uh, whose employers call them back to work and they think the conditions are unsafe and they have health conditions that make them afraid to go to work tough luck for them. That'll be fraud if they try and continue to draw unemployment. 
and they're going to go after their butts. So uh, welcome to the kind and gentle world of Asa Hutchinson. If you're a lobbyist for the State Chamber of Commerce, uh, you can get you can get an ear from the governor. But if you're a poor person who's shit out of luck, that's something else. Yeah, that, it was both of those on the evictions and on the, the grant fund. Those were both uh, rare instances where the governor's um, genial uh, sheen uh, sort of came off a little bit. He, well, he's done a pretty, he, he's been accessible. You got to give him that. And he's sort of maintained this friendly demeanor and and that's better than Donald Trump. You got to give him in that. But I mean, the truth is, is he's not unlike a lot of people. He wants his way and he doesn't like it much when people question him about it. He, re- he really got mad at me. I can't remember now what it was I said on Twitter, but it was just something on Twitter. It was about how he'd handled one of these issues. And I thought it was cold and heartless and he just really thought it was unfair. So anyway. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move away from uh, COVID-19 and, and talk about what's going on with the North Little Rock School Board. Oh, well, they fired the superintendent, and, uh, and unfortunately, it, it has an ugly racial element. The four white members voted to fire him. The three black members voted to keep him, and he was black, their first African-American superintendent. And, and But the, what, what really broke out was, is one, it turned out, and I discovered this last week that one of the board members who led the firing effort, uh, Natalie Wankham, had filed a police report over comments she said Tracy Steele, who's a black member and a defender of the superintendent, had made during the meeting. She says he called her, a, uh, what, a, a white bitch or a racist bitch and that she said she was a racist. And so she filed a complaint with the police she said she just wanted to get it on the record because she felt threatened well he says he didn't say that bobby acklin who was fired who was in the meeting says he didn't recall her using the words bitch or racist uh and Stacey, tracy Steele said he didn't say that and he was so upset he went and filed a complaint against wankham for harassing him by complaining to the police about it I mean, I, neither of the police complaints are going to go anywhere. And there was some suggestion that since it was done on Zoom, that a record might have been kept of the meeting, which would which would explain it all if such a thing existed. This happened in an executive session, which was closed to the public. But everybody who seems to know seems to think it was not recorded. I, I, there's still some open questions on Zoom technology and whether out in the cloud there are records of things that happen you may not know about. But... For now, we just have a he said, she said, and it's an ugly situation. It sounds like uh, Bobby Ackland's going to file a lawsuit over its firing. That wouldn't surprise me. And the, the, the lingering element is, is that Tracy Steele's running for mayor of North Little Rock this year. And this will inevitably be a part of the, the politics of that race. And it almost guarantees that there'll be some racially divisive voting in the case and you know, all that's a shame. I mean, it's 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 a school district that's kind of struggled and is a changing place and has a, you know, it has a tough road. And the last thing you need is the divided school board that's 
split on racial lines fighting with each other uh, brings brings to mind another school district near and dear little rock where <laughs> the final upshot of that was is the state took it over so beware north little rock uh, you could be next and who is Steele's opponent uh, uh terry hartwick a former mayor is uh one of the opponents and there alice Kuntz, who's a Teacher in the Little Rock School District and lives in North Little Rock has announced as a candidate. Filing hadn't opened yet, but those those three people have have talked about it. Uh, Hardwick has been the city's park director, I guess, recently, and so has pretty high name recognition. Tracy Steele ran in 2012 and won, led in the primary, but lost the runoff to Joe Smith, and so and he's. He, of course, is a turncoat Democrat who endorsed Asa Hutchinson in return for that, got a, a fat state job uh, in return for his endorsement. Whether that causes him any problems in an otherwise Democratic electorate in North Little Rock, I don't know, but uh, that's, another, that's another wrinkle in the midst of all the politics. All right, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Oh, what do I have this week? Well, I've gotten some strawberries from Holland Bottoms. They're pretty darn good. I think the real strawberries have started to arrive. I'm happy with that. Started watching an old series, a Norwegian TV series about the uh, thing in World War II where they uh, went and disabled the, the heavy water plant that the Nazis had taken over. And it's it's kind of good. I like stories in Norway because it's cold. And I, there's all, you know, there's kind of no end uh, Nazi stories and when they uh, when they foil the bad guys those are always good from my point of view sounds good uh, well I'll I'll stick on the TV beat and endorse the new Hulu series Normal People it's an adaptation of the Sally Rooney book that I think I endorsed previously uh, Rooney uh, adapted it adapted her own work with some help from a few playwrights and Lenny Abramson, who got nominated for an Oscar for The Room, directs, I think, the first half of the season. It's got these young, I think, pretty much unknown actors in the starring roles, but they're really good. Dialogue's really good. Uh, it's 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 good. It's 30 minutes, too, which is a nice... A, a I, I had just read a New York Times favorable review of it and told Ellen to put it on her. She keeps the TV list, and to put it on there. And that was one of the things that drew it to me is it's kind of easy to digest those 30 minute series. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing is it's, it's set in Ireland and I could use some subtitles occasionally, especially oh, when they well, get uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll always use subtitles on Scotland and Ireland always. Yeah. All right. Well, we will leave you there and uh, thanks for listening. Everybody stay safe out there. Return to normal by all means. We'll be back next week. See ya.